Welcome back to the second half of today's double feature presentation here on the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend, co-host, and teenage boy who likes to use that stick an awful lot. Dude, come on, Alex. (laughs) You dick. (laughs) That was not nice. You'll see later. Very uncool. I refuse to apologize because awesome joke. Neither here. Huge surprise there. No, I do apologize. Alex has never hit anyone with a stick unless he had a safe word in place and an agreement beforehand. Neither here nor there. We'll just call you Idris. (laughs) How fucking dare you? (laughs) Uh, Just throwing him, guys. Before we uh, just keep diving into whatever the fuck's happening right now, a little business. It's official. Your friends here at the Film Alchemist are on Patreon.com/slash Film Alchemist Pod. Today's very double feature was selected by patron and friend Mason. If you guys want to get in and have more control over what kind of content we're doing, if you want to get extra content, we have a a growing, ever-growing, awesome Patreon-exclusive library of episodes um, that our patrons have selected or voted on. They get a select double features. They get commentaries, many series we're working on. We work extremely hard to make sure that the Patreon is worth uh, your time and support. So if you are able, even a dollar a month, you can join the community and help support the show. It means the world to us. So for those of you who already support us, thank you. For those of you who are about to or want to, thank you as well. Uh, The YouTube is Film Alchemist. Go there and see these faces. Uh, You can email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. You can find us on all the social media you're on. We're easy to get a hold of. Feel free to reach out and chat us up. Also, something easy, free that you can do to help the show. Leave that five-star rating and review wherever and everywhere you find podcasts. Uh, Help us defeat these goddamned algorithms that won't let us come out of our houses. Uh, You know, and we we appreciate all the support. (laughs) All right, man. A little bit of levity. We got to bring it the fuck back down. For the second half of the goddamn what a horrible day double feature selected by Mason. <laughs> so uh, episode one of Mason's double feature, Waltz with Bashir is available if you're hearing this. Um, you can listen to them both today and enjoy yourself very much. Uh, hopefully the pods are enjoyable. The movies are enjoyable, if not heavy um, and very serious of content. So today we did Waltz with Bashir. Today's episode, The Breadwinner, right? Um, I don't want to say that this is a a more easygoing movie because it certainly is not. What this movie has going for it is a a youthful point of view that leads us to believe that um, amazing children who have such character and bravery, families that really believe in each other right that choose to author their own stories in difficult times can make the world a better place that is something nice that is an addition from waltz with bashir um it allows you to sit back and enjoy the storytelling uh from a little bit more comfortable of a position than the previous movie um all the while the stakes and the danger and the teeth of this movie are still omnipresent. So 
Alex, I've seen a lot of movies from this studio. I'm not even sure what the fuck it's called, but um, this is Secret of Kells, Song of the Sea. What else we got? Wolf Walkers was great. Wolf I think I've seen all their movies now, and they're really wonderful, man. So this this one was no exception. Um, so walk us through uh, your opening thoughts on The Breadwinner. Um, so the animation studio is actually called Cartoon Saloon, just so you know. Really? Yes. Cartoon Saloon. It's they are not the kind of hipstery title I thought we would be getting. Well, they're you know they're in Ireland, so they don't have to deal with that bullshit. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean the breadwinner is uh, based on a novel by Deborah Ellis. Um, I've never read the book. I can tell you, the movie itself was. <sighs> there are a lot of stories like this. I don't know if you feel like this. There are stories yeah. of this ilk that are either um like all of them are well told like i don't know what i don't know what it is about it's, this it's a less sanitized mulan right disney did this kind of movie yeah, there's yeah. a lot I of mean, this tale that yeah. general idea but like more importantly like from this particular part of the world i feel like i've seen more than one story like this um not just in real life but like in this sort of fictional yeah. n- non-fiction narrative way the breadwinner really is like kind of top notch, man. Like as far as like it those kinds of stories, it's just so, <laughs> like it, it absolutely. It's just so beautiful. Ass. Like yeah. it starts in such a it starts in such a beautiful place, and yeah, for being a story that is so so terrifying. Like I, I mean, like that I think is probably the only way I can describe it. Like from the moment Parvana's dad gets taken, like just like I don't know about you, but just like my heart's like beating in my throat. Like that is like the kind of stuff that even before, man, this movie's fucking gnarly yeah. intense. Like so, I mean, and again, I again, we'll I'll preface this. I don't know anything about geopolitics. We are geopolitically moronic. Yeah. So geographically foolish. So I have we're talking on a narrative level. Yeah, here. I have tangential <laughs> understanding because I read synopsis and like notes. All I know is my family is Middle Eastern and lives in the Middle East. And my knowledge is still right. Like I know specifically this takes place in Kabul uh, during the Taliban's uh, rule over Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. That is my knowledge. Uh, So that is that is like the breadth of it. And that's all I got. Um, Having said all that, it's terrifying to imagine living in a world where you need a man to walk around with you. And I don't fully understand that at all. It's there's, this is the thing that I like the most about the movie um, animation wise is all of the physical story happening. Like the animation that's occurring is uh, yeah, it's in that secret of Kel style, the cartoon saloon look, which is very, it's very smoothly animated. I don't know how else to describe it. Like it feels very, it's kind of that the, the body shapes and stuff. It's like the highest notch version of whatever Powerpuff girls was going for. You know what I mean? (laughs) They kind of had these weird, though. like, circular extra it's, circular shapes. It's like a times, very but... specific design, and then, like, the way it's animated feels it's so... It's like a very layered and textured child's drawing. Yeah, that's a great way, yeah, like... But I in mean, a great, beautiful, wonderful way, I don't mean that as a No, day. not at all. Like, I think about the books that I read my kid. Like, we have a lot of, we have a lot of, like, really um, well-drawn, like, storybooks that he has. And it's not, like, stuff that's just, like, you know, like, the Disney, like, 12-pack that comes out, but, like... There's a lot of very specific things that uh, – very specific am drawing styles in a lot of these books. And that's what I think is so beautiful. Like, 
So the breadwinner has this beautiful narrative look juxtaposed with when Parvana or whoever is telling a story. The story is done in this almost marionette-like fashion. Mm -hmm. Like, it's this incredible... Like paper dolls, yeah. Yeah, it's this incredible juxtaposition that does something similar to, like, if if you're listening to this before Waltz with Bashir, does something similar to Waltz with Bashir does that we talked at length about, which was it provides this veneer of the real world that again, we're getting animated, but this veneer yeah. that it has, this one is the exact opposite, right? Cause in Bashir, it's like, here we are. And then you go into the memory and recollection. You're like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And this movie, you come into this happy, like paper marionette world. And yeah. you're like, Oh, thank this God. This one is like actual <laughs> storytelling, but like yeah. it does, it has the same effect where it like sort of, it sort of, it sort of distances you from the actual yeah. story. In that way, and you're like, boy, it'd be terrible to see all that. Now, granted, Waltz with the Sheer lifted the veil at the end of the movie, but like what the breadwinner does is it does separate that so that again, it does that thing that I talked about in Waltz with the Sheer, which is like my mind does so much worse to me when I think about what the actual story is. Like, there's a couple of times, one particularly with the like toy on the street, um, with uh, the Suleiman right, kid, that is right. the start. That's like. That's one of those things that's, like, very, very specific to, like, this kind of storytelling that Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my God, my brain is just working overtime to not force me to imagine this. Right. I I do think, though, this one is slightly different in that I think a lot of The Breadwinner is hyper-focused on showing us the exact images. Sure. No, right? yeah. I'm not saying obviously that they're... the thing with the dad in prison, and that's a yeah. lot of like, dear God, I can't even. I'm not imagine saying they're the same. I'm saying that it has the same. Those particular moments have the same veneer quality that divorce you a little bit from the actual scenario. Even though they're in like Walt Bashir, it's very real. There is still right. this like pullback in a weird way. This is a. a you know, narrative construction and it feels more real than Waltz with Bashir. For Absolutely. Most of the movie. It's weird um, to say that, but yes. Well, just like, so the opening, right? We get this kind of marionette of these hard charging horses, right? Mm-hmm. Like there was, you know, uh, Cyrus, the guy that fucking Leonidas kicked in that Zack Alexander Snyder Alexander the Great. Yeah. <laughs> Alexander the Great. There are all these guys, right? Insert different guys still hard charging on the horse. And he talks about how, you know, for a little bit as a kid, I knew peace, and then they found us bad stuff. Yeah. And sometimes you just make a deal, and you, what do you have to give up to have order restored? Right. And we just see these fucking burkas, right, or whatever they're called, right? The full veil that you know has like the beekeeper. Yeah, I don't know it. what that is. Do you? I really I don't, don't know. See, this my my bad Middle Eastern uh, bloodline is showing. I don't really know what the the full version, like what the distinction is between the burka and that, but. We get that sense, right? And then we oh, get no, it's this a burka. background it's a audio, yeah, of the two of well them done. sitting there trying to sell her her nice dress, right? That she says she never got to wear, right? And then, but as they're kind of like saying that, you see her looking around at this almost, um, you know, I'm in the slaughterhouse now, and you see right. these guys fucking, you know, why is she dressed like that? Why is she? They're just talking shit about women. Yeah. Right. We get a lot of these audio cues about, you know, women are the problem. Women are this. And again, I think this is another moment where as an American, I stop and take pause. 
um, obviously in our country now, there there is an assault on women again. There There is an attack on women as citizens and equal citizens and being able to have the same access and rights as men. Right. Um, and it seemed fucked up when it was happening. When you watch something like this and you, you realize how close we are at all times. Yeah. To trying to find some group to villainize or take away from for no reason. So this is literally just a fucking like rat stash pimple face kid who who wants revenge on a, a teacher, a one legged teacher yeah. is like, I lost the leg in the war. We fought together. And this guy's just talking shit. And because of that, he's going to go to his house and fucking throw like, him in prison, beat like, him up like volatile anger. Like it's and very- that's what I'm saying. Imagine the fucking fear. And this is something we as Americans will have a hard time with. Uh, so right behind me, right? My son's best friend is the little girl who lives behind us, right? This this right. lovely little child. And all the time, they see each other outside. They'll watch through the window. And whenever one of them comes out, they run out and play free range to do whatever they want. I was like, imagine a world where that that lovely, innocent child enters the world. And some guy's like, well, I'm going to hit her with a stick. Yeah. She's not covered up. She's not this. She's not that. I mean, the thought that my wife, who runs our house, right? My wife is the boss in charge for sure. Um, you know, we all kind of follow what, what you know, her lead. The thought that she'd have to beg me or my son to take her out in public is fucking hard to it fathom. Is. And something that maybe we, as a country, need to watch this movie more. Absolutely. Like, is this really the fucking world that you want to be heading towards? And I think it's funny how many people will watch this and go, well, that's them. That's not. It. And you're like, right, yeah. hey, man, like, do you have any idea how close we are? Yeah, yeah. Fucking take a closer look, my friends. You're fucking traveling down a dark, dark road. Yeah. But again, it's and even that kid. Right. So that kid's actually fascinating. He becomes this looming, um, you know, fucking hormonal monster that looms over the movie. But the scene at the end when she finally, you know, uh, Pravana, is that it? She fucking hits him Pravana. with the rock. Yeah. And they fucking flee because he's like, I know who you are. Right. And they fucking run and hide, right? They smack him with the rock. When he goes back up to that truck, they're like, we got the orders. We got to go. Uh, the dad's mocking him. They're making fun of him. There's all this assault on his manhood. They're fucking smacking him around, right? You want to fight? Now's your chance to prove you're a man. And this fucking monster of the movie sits down between these two full-grown men. And looks like this tiny, slight child who is scared with a busted nose. And I think that's the lensing, too, is there are a lot of these movies where you're like, God damn, like children and young people brought up in these horrifying situations where their behaviors are trained to become monstrous. It's hard to even imagine our children having such responsibilities and things like that. Well, it is that. that sort of thing where you're looking at it from that. Like, I watched it. I watched it today from like the lens of a parent and you're like yeah like that is what you have to you what you have to do is make sure that I, I don't want my kid to grow up like that i don't want my kid to grow up thinking that like anybody is anybody who looks at him wrong right is causing a problem so but see also it's like we we don't know where that kid's dad is we don't know what he's doing and all of a sudden he finds these guys that are like hey your life sucks right you don't have food or money a home we don't know where his parents are we never see them i feel like right and all of a sudden they're like hey you have been fucking you know kicked your whole life by the fates right right because that's what my son was saying he was saying all this stuff and i was like hey man we don't have any say in where and when we're born 
So I'm like, if you're watching this and he just kept being confused, he's like, what? Like, what is happening? I'm like, right. Yeah. You got it's, lucky that you get a backyard where you can run around in and whatever. Yeah. Some people aren't. And in that kid, all of a sudden someone says, hey, man, do you want some power? Right. And he goes, yeah, I want power and respect and food. And then they're like, but to get that, you got to fucking bully and pulverize. Right. These women are the ones that were making your life bad. And you see how these these yeah. fucking horrible, this, monstrous attitudes are formed. Yeah, it's this learned behavior. Like, I think that's the it's thing that's gross, man. Yeah. It's disgusting. Like, and it's the same thing we see in this country, too. Like, this learned behavior of like, oh, it's okay to treat people less than because they look yeah. different than you or they they think they're different. Like, it's the, it's this, it, it happens everywhere. Just in this movie, that is like law which is fucking terrifying because again, like you were saying, it's not that it's not that far off and it, it feels far off because it's but an see, animated American movie, audiences will watch it and go, that's crazy. And you're like, it's not that far is, off. Society we is a handshake agreement. Dangerously man. close. It's a handshake agreement, right? We had people rioting in the Capitol. We have people talking about stealing elections and shit. Like, we're always this fucking close from the edge. And again, I think it's it's important for people like us, right, to watch movies from other eras, times, cultures. Yeah. Because, again, I think one of the beautiful things about movies, right, is you watch it immediately like, wow, I can't relate to this at all. And by the end of the movie, you're like, this is exactly the same space we all occupy, right? right. The culture's well, like different. The geography's different. But at the end of the day, it's it's a family trying to save each other and, and you know, have some fucking food and a roof over there. So right. I think we break down those fucking obvious kind of surface level things that seem different and alien. And you just get to the meat of it. And I think one thing that's really, you know, obviously brilliant about the way this one does it is, and I don't know if I ever saw this in like the Mulan example, right? So the dad gets beat to shit. Yep. The mom and daughter are like, we just want to go get him out of prison. They're right. risking their lives to just walk outside. Right. Because the only man in the house is a fucking toddler. Right. So they go to the jail. And even that moment, right, no pictures. Like, that fucking blew my mind. So rips it up. She's trying to save the picture. And this guy beats the shit out of the mother. Yeah. She's going to get her husband. She has resolution. She's like, just take me home. And when she crawls in bed next to the baby and she's fucking bruised and battered, they're trying to get her to eat. So this girl's like, I'm going to cut my hair off and pretend to be a boy so we can have the family. Right. Her sister does that amazing, like, sibling thing, right? Knowingly, like, I appreciate what you're doing. Helps her cut the hair. Yep. So the girl who got yelled at and no vendors would give her rice, she goes to this store. And she's like, hey, man, can I have some rice, whatever? And the guy's like, ah, come in. Fucking making fun of her for being a stupid boy. Right. But she's able to buy everything. And even though he's talking shit and being a dick, there is this smile. Thank you. And this is the moment where I'm like, they fucking nailed this, right? Uh, Pravana goes out in the street with her food. Just being able to buy food and walk alone by herself, right? She's no longer scared. Running. Yeah. Light on her feet through the streets. The world is now open to her. Other people engage her. Mm -hmm. And it really addresses that. It was just a haircut. Nothing changed except for who they perceived her to be. Yeah. Now she is not a threatening little girl. She's a dumb little boy, and that's better in their fucking minds. In the, this next phase of the movie where she makes her friend and this and that, you see the 
even in this fucking nightmare that Pravana exists in, you see the 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 weight lifted off a person who can just fucking exist and move around their world. Yeah. In that moment, I think is so much more well landed in this than some of its comparable. No, other totally. Things. I agree. I mean, that is in other in other stories of this ilk, I think a lot of the time what you'll see is like constant concealing. Like constantly having to be like, oh, someone's gonna figure it out. Like having in the fucking BM uh, the fucking let's get down to business song in Mulan. It's yeah. literally one of her side side beats. This is so like beautiful. Like it's this moment of really like but also terror. Oh. Like, but also it, again, like it's this beautiful moment of like elation mixed with like you're for for like the one moment you have to smile in this movie, you're also come back down to earth where you're like, that's so fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> like Well, I think they found a, a lovely array of yeah, like yeah. these beautiful the, little moments. It's a great balance. But you know what I'll say? To your point, this is not a movie where I spent my time being like, they're gonna find out who she is. No, not at all. I didn't think when about she that. She runs at all. like that because I think what it's illustrating too is just the surface level buffoonery of they're so busy focused on these women that they're trying to hide under clothes and rules and whatever. Right. Um, that they don't even look at Pravana for most of the movie, right? We see that horrible scene where Pravana, now free to move around, witnesses that mother and daughter who are like, we just need medicine, my my husband's gone, whatever. They fucking beat these ladies till they go back into the house, right? Right. So these, these fucking monsters are so busy looking at these people they're already subjugating. A haircut is just a free pass to do whatever you want. You don't fucking register because they've got other people to fucking torture. And so I, I think it's it's a, a dual decision that worked really well is calling out the fucking surface level yeah. hypocrisy. And also, as an audience, I'm not really until that kid says that to them. That's like two thirds or so into the movie. It's and not, even I mean, then, it's like a blip. She's not running. Right. For I mean, it's not even there. surface level hypocrisy, though. Like to me, it's it's literally the crux of the argument, which is like, so just because they look the way <laughs> that you right. want not them to look. Not surface level. The entire cake like, is literally rotten. the entire. Yeah. <laughs> The entire six-layer chili bean dip. cherry on top yeah. is the worst cake it's ever made. It's fucking yes. bullshit. And, like, I think that's what... I agree. It is this, like... <laughs> that's why I say it's, like, this double-edged sort of, like, oh, look, she's so happy. We'll just, like... Yeah, light on her feet's a great way to put it. And then, like, as a viewer, you're like, wait a second. She's only doing this because literally no one's paying attention because all these people are so fucking bigoted towards women for some reason. Like, it oh, is... I mean, even when her and her mom are walking to the prison, right? They're like, don't make ourselves seen. And there are just these two old fuckers in this one shot, right? The, right before they talk to the guy, I was like, go through Old Town. They t- I was just them. about to say, they tell him to go through yeah. fucking Old Town because then So you... a lot of the Come guys on. even know, right? These are people they've known or in their neighborhood. They have mothers, wives, daughters, right? This is a cultural shift that they're not right. a part of, but they acquiesce to out of fear. But there's just these two old fucking white beards on a rug like, hey, hey, just like this is a chance for us to throw fucking darts. Right. And you get this sense that there is is this misery amongst this group. Right. These these men that feel like they're not powerful enough, respected enough, wealthy enough. And that somehow if they pass that pain and misery around it will make them these these fucking kings and the saddest little kingdom. And it's it's fucking horrifying just, yeah. the way that they kind of just 
like like raisins in the rice, right? They just sprinkle it constantly throughout the movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. These fucking horrifying just like comments or a little moment or, you know, Pravana having to look sideways and see an act of abuse. So even though it's omnipresent, it doesn't feel like the driving force of the movie. It is about this this child unbound by gender constructs, whatnot. Right. Going out in the world and being like, what can I do? Like the boy in the story, right? Looking in the mirror, seeing the beast behind, but saying, what am I? How how am I going to help my family and do this and that? And I I, I really found that to be very emotionally resonant, right? Like I love the beats in the house, right? These This kind of wonderful, just easy interaction between her and her sister that's catty, but from a place of love. Um, the little brother, the like the family bond is so thick and, and easily achieved in this. Yeah. Well, while these fucking nightmares are happening. Yeah. I mean, I think um, that that's, I just, I like this, this, this child just being like, what if I erase all the fucking horse shit around me and I get to decide what's up. Right. Which is a child's naive dream. I think you could even argue by the end of the movie, but fuck, you want it to be true. Yeah. I mean, I think that you want it to be that I way. I think that's what makes that's what makes this so compelling though is because a child's naivety is what's going to like kind of save this family in a way like yeah yeah it's this naive it's yeah like we're adults so we see it as naive but like and i mean i don't know it's that like wonder of a child thing i think a lot of the time that people a lot of the time that people will talk about is like i think if you're young enough you don't assume it's broken and can't be fixed you're like right I can do this. You can do this. Like, and I think right. that's always like, yeah, like it's Hopefully the one, they're right. <laughs> it's the wonder of a child. And yeah, like, yeah, you're watching this movie the whole time. You're like, everyone will eventually see the hypocrisy of this. Right. Like, cause yeah. that's the resolution. And like, I think that's what makes the breadwinner so interesting and better than a lot of the like Mulan ish Mulan stories is like in look, and again, not to bag on Mulan. It's a good movie, but in Fine Mulan, movie. It's sanitized. It's sanitized, and it ends literally with everyone being like, yes. Once you add a- in the bad guy with, like, the hawk and the explosions guys, it's like. I mean, it's not it's even sanitized. that. Like, it's the <laughs> ending where literally everyone's like, yeah, this one woman finally saved us all. Like, I guess we're okay with women again. And you're like. Are- that's the ending I wish I had gotten yeah. in this movie. Like, uh- that's the ending. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, in The Breadwinner, yeah. that's the ending you want. Like, you want that I to be the case. I think the ending because- is where you let your fantasies grow large, right? Totally. The problem is, is the middle of Mulan plays like a Disney cartoon. Right. But, like, this- it isn't really grappling that with ending- the issue it's presenting. That ending is what you want in The Breadwinner. And instead, and then, look. Yeah. But, I mean, the ending we have is fine. Like, I'm not against that because it's real life. But. Um, that's why you're rooting the entire time because you want that ending to be like, oh, see, it's just some silly stuff that doesn't really matter. Like it's just, yeah, you know, religious doctrine. It's fine. Like, and we deal with that all the time in this country. Not nearly as bad as this, but again, let's keep it that way, motherfucker. Let's keep it but... that way. Like we're real fucking <laughs> close sometimes. So yeah, I, but no, it's it's even something small, right? Like this this movie really never misses a chance, right? She makes friends with the little girl who's already running this ruse. Right. Um, her dad's a bad man. He'll track me down and kill me if she even thinks of leaving, right? So she's kind of caught in this helpless loop, but is trying, right? Gives her money to Pravana to save her father. 
So this this heroic, awesome kid forging their way, right? The older sister's a really interesting one, too. She's kind of going in on Pravana mm-hmm. a lot. And then she helps her with the haircut. And you get the sense by the end of the movie that she's almost jealous that Pravana gets to do this. I think so, too. She, she is too old to pull off this ruse anymore. Her body's maybe changed, whatever. Um, I mean, so I'd now say it's that, almost... There's that great scene where she's all mad, right? And she can't sleep because she knows she wrote the letter dictated by her mom to sell herself off to a cousin Mm -hmm. and so you watch her saying fuck that's what i get to do whereas pravana's out there being a storyteller of her own life and she's not allowed to do and i i just think there's so many interesting character moments like that i feel like that's almost what it is is it's that i think the sister's name is soraya but like either Mm -hmm. way like she the jealousy is more about it's it's not it's not necessarily about the adventure. It's more about like this is the dangerous, risky thing that the adult, like the older sibling's supposed to do. Yeah, she like, wants to be an author of the life as well. Sure, but she is not. Her and the mother are more trapped, right? By by the constructs that they exist in. Sadly. Absolutely. Yeah, I I don't know, man. It's just it's such a fucking just heartwarming tale. Even as it is ripping your guts out constantly, right? Yeah. Like, I, I love the big guy, right? And I will say, the whole movie, I thought they were setting me up that the big guy was going to be her brother that they didn't talk about, right? Suleiman? Oh, yeah. Because at the start, he was kind of looking like he was a little chill about the teacher. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, back-talking uh, sure, yeah. fucking pimple face from hell. He's kind of <laughs> like the fucking Roger, or, uh, Roger from Doug Funny. <laughs> right but just like right, the right. worst version of that right if yeah. you could like grab a gun and be a bully um but the big guy was kind of chill and he keeps talking about what happened to the teacher that was here so i got the sense i was like oh they're gonna set it up that that's her big brother and you know she forgot him and i, I thought it was gonna be really cool but honestly it worked just as well either way but there's this wonderful moment right where he comes and you know gets his letter read and they talk about how his wife i think it was hell Helia, Helia, maybe right it's the it's the word for the the glow around the moon, right? Well, mm-hmm. it's really bright. And talks about how, you know, I think she was hit by an IED and and died, right? And this guy walks out, this big massive mountain of a man. And he comes back and he just wants her to show like how do I write the letter, the name? And then she teaches him how to he's oh, writing it over God, and man. over again. It's fucking See, I'm getting choked up, but it's yeah. just that that little moment of humanity, right? So this is a guy I mean, that's helping enforce to punish and subjugate these women. Right. Who, whether he knows it or not, is being helped by a woman get deal with right. the grief of a woman he loved. And I this is the other thing I would I was gonna ask you if you felt this watching it. I wonder if there was more meat on that bone for some of these characters. And I think he's kind of the illustration of that. How could you truly love a woman, right? We're both married and luckily have partners we love very dearly. Yeah. Mothers who we love very dearly. We're both mama's boys. I think that's fair to Truth. say. How could you truly have that in your life and be a part of something like this, right? It's this, it's this fucking giant gaping question I mean, mark at the whole of the movie. And in that moment, he is making this, this uh, issue very clear, right? Right. Oh, well, I mean, th- this is the... <laughs> this is a much larger question, I think, than yeah, a 
I mean, God forbid, I've never had a daughter. Imagine what the fathers in this world are. But I mean, like the psychic toll all of this takes on a population. Right. Well, like to answer your question, to me, like again, like this is the harder part about making a dumb movie pod is like we don't have those kinds of answers. Like, yeah, from a mental like the mental gymnastics you have to do to put religious doctrine in front of your family is, I can't even fathom it. Like, it's just not something that I even. Again, it's just not in my – it's not – like whatever blinders I have on to the rest of the world, anything, that's one thing I know for fuck's sake. There's no way I would put anything in front of my family, particularly something someone wrote down in a book about what I should believe or shouldn't believe. Like I know yeah. my truths. I know the truth of this world is right. love. So like there's no reason for me not to experience that on a regular basis with the people that I have in front of me that I love more than life itself. So yeah. I think to me, the other part about that, specifically with um, I think Kara, the, Razak is that the that's the Razak the, yeah. yeah Razak that's the guy's name. To me, when they're like when she like when she's trying to teach him to write, I do think like deep down, this is the I, and I think he's the avatar for these probably these men who like are just you grow up in this system as much as Soraya and Fatima have to deal with that. This is how they deal with the system. This is how they try to get avoid. Like Soraya goes and marries someone, so her family can get shelter and protection. That's her service to her family. There is like this. Oh, that fucking cousin that shows up. Yeah, it's fucking awful. But like Razak, I think is the avatar for like probably what many people. Maybe I can't again. I can't speak for you, but like just broadly, what maybe people who understand like. The, when the veil starts getting lifted, so to speak, and you start I, seeing I think he's, he's the crushing real... right, yeah, because yeah, he he's like the the guy that you see could have been good and decent. Right. When you're starting to see the made hypocrisy. a deal and just he this is the thing. I'm not saying he's a good guy in the movie no. or know what the extent of no, his no, crimes no, no, no. are. That's not it at all. But you see a good man who could have existed. A man who truly loved another human right. being. What's and you see that that the doctrines and the 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 government shit and the church shit took that from him. Right. He wasn't with her when he lost her, right? And now he's doing this right. terrible. I think thing. what it is is when you're, and this is just my two cents as a human being. And again, I'm an American. I live in this country. I've never not lived in this country. Like my my you know. My rationalization is probably totally wrong. However, like when I see, you know, my my, my wife's Latino. I don't know. Like we have that. Like, <laughs> we've never right, had. That means fire away. Give me your hottest take. We've never had those. Like we've again, we're very lucky. Like both my like yeah. my, our parents, my parents, my parents didn't give a shit who I liked as I who I wanted to marry as long as I loved them. Like, and her parents were the same way. Like we've never had to deal with anything like that. But like. To me, nothing is going to tell me who I can and can't love, trust, feel things for. And I think, right. like, and but, like, on the base level of that, more than anything, all those things come with the respect that you pay to someone. Like, you know, you love people you respect. I somehow respect you, and I love you. And that <laughs> is just the way it is. But, like, that's well. part of that's part of friendship. Like yeah. respect is based in love and friendship of all of all kinds. So like I think that yeah. when pieces of paper in a book are trying to tell you 
and dictate to you how it is yeah. that you should operate as a person who loves and respects your fellow human being. That to me is when anybody who has an inkling of free thought, which hopefully is most of the human population, right. is when people go, this seems wrong, but I'm terrified yeah. to step my toe out of line on this. I, I think what Razak shows really well, right? Is that when the world's in chaos, you can't control or save everyone you love. Right. Someone comes in with whatever excuse and offers you control and power and ability to make a difference. Right. Because it's the thing we get to choose. Me and you got to choose who we love and who we respect. Yeah. With full stomachs and no guns in our head. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So I think Razak shows you the. This this is a man that could have been good, but even a good guy can easily fall into these fucking evil acts. Right. And whatever reason he's justifying it, we don't really even know by the end. What we know that by the end, he recognizes um, the girl, right, mm -hmm. as just a fellow good person. It's just a human being. And he being. puts it on the line to get her dad for was he part of the original problem yes yes 100 but somehow as things are falling down around him he did show a moment of yeah. courage i think and, that and paid for it we don't know that it what happens he got shot in the shoulder he gets shot in the shoulder but is yeah. able to at least get uh narula and parvana back together it, but, in a moment yeah he went and got baba because he felt a gratitude and a something empathy I, towards this this I'm child. You, this is the human element. This is the part that like it's when, the storytelling. Yeah, when stories things, are important. When things break through, yeah, and when things break through, and when they're put to you in a way that yeah, like the storytelling. This is what makes stories provocative and important, and sometimes they can be misinterpreted. But this is what makes people think is like if that story, which is a simple story told by a child can tell me so much about myself. Why can't I decide yeah. to be this person instead of the person I was like to me, like, yeah, Razak absolutely is part of the problem, but also at the end of the day, you do see this glimmer of like, he is trying to be better. Like there you is see this see that Pravana or Atash as they're going by through their being a better person. Right. Is able to affect that that mm -hmm. is a small change not the societal change no needed, but it's but the just start. being it's the kernel well, you it's remember the in the story right where it's you know the elephant king and his minions take all the shit right and the boy stands up and he goes you know i'm not afraid of you and all the villagers were crying but then they laugh at him and he's like whatever i'm gonna go out and fucking get these mythical quests done and through my goodness i'll find all the fucking shit i need and that that ending at the prison is fucking gnarly. Yeah. Where, you know, kind of watching these crimes happen, right? These people dragged out and shot, watching, praying her father's coming, right? And she just goes, uh, is it Solomon? Solomon, keep going. Yeah. Use the mirror to blind them. Use the net to ensnare them. Keep going. Keep going. But at the end, the third thing that stops the Elephant King is her story. Yeah. talking about i am solomon this is me my my mother was a writer my father was a teacher my sisters fought i grabbed a toy whatever right that, that is a devastatingly brutal way for us to realize what happened to the brother 
Um, it calls back to that moment when the mom is beaten to shit and can barely eat after her incident. And she sees Pravana with the haircut. And the moment of happiness for her, the happiest we've seen her in the movie after this traumatic beating, is seeing her daughter, who looks exactly like the son she lost. Yeah. And saying how much she reminds him of this dead child. It's like, what the fuck? Like, this is the kind of shit, like, we are lucky that we cannot yeah. it's... relate to that as well. But her... She she likes Solomon in the, the narrative, right? The fable plays parallel to what she's doing. Right. By telling her story and being this noble, good person that no matter what this world's doing, I'm going to not be afraid of you. I'm going to look it in the eye and make this shit happen. If the Elephant King is Razak or whoever, she is making change. The mother grabs the fucking flaming stick and says... You will not take us, right? She is grabbing control. So in all these small moments, right, takes the burka off to stare this fucking cousin in the face who grabs a knife, right? Like, he's going to kick it up a notch, and she's like, fuck off. Like, I'm not letting this happen. Yeah. And so it's just this, like, roiling, you know, intense orchestral moment where we jump between these people and see how they react when war is here. All everything is breaking down and the true colors are going to come through. I mean, it's. Yeah, I mean. Uh, oh, God, dude. I, it's fucking horrible, man. Honestly, that ending is just so it, it's like, crazy how beautiful and horrifying this movie is. Yeah, in almost every scene at the same it's time. It's just one of those things where, like. When you realize that so, like this can't be like when it's sorry, when it is. When it's real yeah. and you see what's happening to these people, you also realize like there's just this isn't this is animated, but this isn't uncommon. Like people no. get fucking thrown into jail for a lot less than simply arguing with some pissy little uh, yeah. like p some pissy little asshole. Like yeah. that's that's the part that is just like so visceral and the thing that's yeah. the hardest to like rationalize in my mind. And again, it's I I think I'm thankful that I live here and like that's I mean yeah. you know yeah like for all the shit I can like there all the shit there is to complain about and there's a lot no one has yeah. told me that I have to make sure like my wife can't be out after dark or my wife can't leave yeah. the house unless she's with me or cover her face all the time like I'd rather be marching up the mountain here I would be too fighting we, our spray tanned elephant king than whatever's happening yeah. in this movie I would I rather 1000% mean? fight our spray tanned elephant king and his dumb and little hopefully minions. that's how it keeps going yeah. um but yeah it's just it's it's so and again I think this is the wonderful thing about about cinema right is that it can it can cut through so much bullshit Right. I think you can read a book. Right. And there are all these words that you don't have any connection to. Right. Um, there are just these cultural things that are hard to sum up. And with movies, there is such a, a profound conjoining of the image and the sound and the techniques that let us travel in and out of perspectives. Right. That what what starts as a world when we're first in that market and they're talking about women, you know, getting beaten and no pictures and. Why is she not covered appropriately, right? Right. Just a guy on a mat trying to sell a, a, a dress 
so that his family can eat rice and raisins with their hands, right? Right. Like, just all these things that to me, I'm like, what? What? Yeah. Again, it's- by the end of the movie, it is so the empathy is so it's like the Grinch, right? Your heart's exploding with empathy and you are not seeing any of these differences. You are seeing people. You're you're just seeing a, a daughter who wants to save the father, a man who wants to make amends for his bad choices, a mom who's had enough of hoping that her, you know, daughter or husband will fix it. Right. You know what I mean? You see that even as wars upon them. They they are taking control of their narratives. The movie is a bit cruel in cutting to black. We don't know that Baba's going to make it. We don't know that as Zaki runs to the mother in the middle of the night that a bomb is not going to fall on all of them. Yeah. Or they'll get back to town and any of this is fine, right? We get the we get this moment, right, where um she's oh my god, it's so beautiful. It's going to make me tear up again. But the part at the start when he's like, let's go over our stories. That's important. That's that's kind of their armor and weapon in these terrible mm-hmm. times, right? Um, taking control of the narrative, right? Again, like Waltz with Bashir, it's what we do. We rewrite our stories right. to serve a purpose, right? Our stories are weapons. Um, and she doesn't really have a lot of interest because she's afraid about all this fucking danger around. Mm-hmm. By the end of the movie just fully carrying him on a fucking wheelbarrow in a war zone at this fucking prison riot and is just telling him the story, right? We are the land whose people mm. are its greatest treasure. Yeah. Um, raise your words, not your voice, right? The rain makes the flower grow, not the thunder, right? These These really nice kind of flowery ways to say there's a lot of strength in all of us, right? Yeah. And that... With enough of us, this could get better is, I think, what we're supposed to say. But then it just cuts to black, man. And and there is something poetic about that because um, most of us don't get to be the hero that fucking wears the scales off the elephant king and comes back and plants the seeds and gets the parade. And you know what I mean? Has the orgy, the fucking harvest day orgy, and then puts your best friend in the wicker man. So the orgy keeps. I mean, neither. That's a different movie. But. <laughs> But Most of us don't get that moment. Most of us, we, we get little chances every day to be decent or brave or compassionate. Yeah. And the totality of how successfully we do that will will affect the world around us, hopefully, for the better by the time we're dead. Um, so I think it's poetic. But again, I kind of wanted that Mulan thing where we get to see Pravana fully unleashed and just be like, thank you. For how fucking great you were, you get all the medals. Right. The little girl who helped her. We want to see right. her get paid back I mean, her money. We want to that... see them at the ocean with the blue shells and we don't yeah, ever. Of course. like, it, man. But we don't get it because that's not this that's world. Not the world. That's we not live the world in, we live so. in. I think that's like the thing that's so impressive about the breadwinner is it's animated. There's mythical storytelling elements. But at the end of the day, it does bring us down to earth and say like, if you want to change the world, you got to start yeah. with one person or one thing. And I think that's, yeah. that's again, that's what makes this movie exceptional and beautiful and all yeah. the things you want. And for very good and also terrifyingly, um, bringing us down to an earth that's way more relatable than you might think going into it. 
Totally. Um, and again, I think especially now, man, us husbands and brothers and sons and fathers, um, as American citizens, man, I think we could fucking learn a lot from watching this movie and having a little bit of the empathy, just a quarter of the empathy this movie shows, I think would make um, our fucking reality a much better place, man. Um, True. I actually, I got to send an extra special thank you to Mason. Um, yeah. I'd never wow. seen this movie either. I'd never seen either of these movies. I hadn't seen the breadwinner yet. This was fucking beautiful, It was, man. this movie was just a fucking absolute jaw dropper for me. Waltz with Bashir was great too. It's just a really amazing a really solid double emotional feature. fucking day of movies right like these these crimes, are the kind man. of movies that you don't just passively watch these really dig into the fucking pay dirt of humanity so my my soul was uh was getting fucking beat up today yeah a lot of crime uh, today. but in a way Worth that it. i think yeah it makes you contemplate what's going on and where we're going and how you want to be in the world and um I, I thought this was a wonderful double feature. So, Mason, not only thank you for your patronage, um, thanks for just picking two awesome fucking movies that I'm glad exist in my life and mine now. Um, so, guys, if you want to be like Mason and have a double feature, if you want to have a say in the movies we talk about, if you want more of us, which hopefully you do, please, God, don't make us Elephant King our way over to your house because there's two of us. There's two elephants. <laughs> that's four tusks so beware we'll take all your seeds no just kidding we don't want your seeds we just want a little bit of your support and time if you can on patreon.com slash film alchemist pod mason is one of our awesome patrons he is the one who brought this amazing double feature to us um so make your voices loud and proud over here with us we appreciate any support guys even a dollar a month can help the show out um so thank you so much for all your support guys if you're about to, thank you. If you can't financially support, we understand, man. Um, if you'd be so kind, leave rating and reviews everywhere. Tell your friends. Share the show on social media. Not everyone has even an extra dollar a month, man. We get it. Um, but we would still appreciate still those other uh, ways to help out. And even if you can't, man, thank you more than anything for your time. Uh, this has been a wonderful, if not emotional, day of movies um, I hope you guys have enjoyed it as much as we have. Again, special thanks to Mason uh, for the selections. So we'll be back uh, next month is the Pod Delights Dandino. Ooh. This is the uh, the month of Alex's birth when the little Italian meatball critter formed out and began his takeover of this planet atmosphere. Uh, so we will be doing movies selected by his wife, his mother, and myself. To praise and honor our our dear friend and beloved co-host Alex, just just praise, no honors, and honors, all kinds of good. Stuff. It sounds weird at the end of this movie to be talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, still more very just like a hearty handshake and a pat on the there back. We go. And thank That's, you for spending your time I'm, with us. I'm down for that. That's good. <laughs> all right, uh, we'll see you guys soon enough for the film alchemist. I'm Josh Griffey. I'm Alex Tantino. <laughs> <laughs>